let me introduce you to your next favorite true crime podcast, Crime Salad. Ashley and Ricky, a husband and wife team, go beyond telling crime stories. They dive into the darkest corners of human nature with the ultimate goal of preventing future tragedies. Together, they shine a relentless spotlight on critical issues like relationship violence and domestic abuse, inviting you to explore the complexities of these societal challenges. Now, let us set the scene for a recent Crime Salad episode, which is titled The Search for Haley Cummings. The disappearance of a five-year-old girl leaves the Florida community in disbelief. In the early morning hours of the night, an open back door remained eerily left open where Haley was staying. A wave of dread swept through the community and the family as the unimaginable happened. Was this the work of a kidnapper, or did the little girl wander off? The search for Haley brought a community together in the darkest of times. Since 2019, Ashley and Ricky, the crime salad duo, have continued to deliver stories that are not only fascinating and well-researched, but also have a strong voice for change and justice. So grab your headphones and prepare to be pulled into a world where mystery meets humanity. Make sure to tune in to Crime Salad wherever you find your podcasts and join a growing community of listeners who tune in every week. And now back to your regularly scheduled haunting. Welcome. Hi, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome back to <laughs> one, two, three. Welcome, welcome back, back to Let's Get Haunted with your hosts, Nat Strun and Allie Terry. Hello, everybody. We have some very haunted stories for you today. We do. I actually have a haunted personal story for you today, too. Natalia. And I'm, I am just like so triggered by this that I'm just going to get right into it. Do okay. it. Tell me. So as we know, my life is already haunted and I have to do everything I can to prevent the demons from just taking over. Right. Yes. A correct. lot of these hauntings occur in the the way of finances so (laughs) these demons come to me in different forms be it unexpected expenses (laughs) or the prices going up on my favorite yogurt for some reason (laughs) things like that right so the only way that i can combat these demons is by just outsmarting them now i am taking care of my neighbor's pets for a month while they're out of town so me being the kind, good-hearted person that I am was like, oh, I will do this for free. Right. While they're out of town, though, unbeknownst to them, I'm actually living <laughs> I'm actually living at their home, their place of residence, um, while I take care of their animals. And my home is being rented out via Airbnb. Okay, real quick. Do you, you know... <laughs> Do you know Joanne the Scammer? Yes. You are Joanne the Scammer. Yes. (laughs) Welcome to my Caucasian home. (laughs) I take great pride in that. Yes. This is my Caucasian lifestyle (laughs) of bringing in in people into my home while I live at another home (laughs) and meanwhile pretending I have two homes. Right. So the the people that I have welcomed into my home have come from a variety of different backgrounds. Um, And some of those have, you know, ranged from... 
people who have had drug overdoses and been taken out on a stretcher yes. from their previous uh, Airbnb host. So the another, so I had that happen to me. And let me tell you, cleaning up after this person came in was like, I don't know what what they were doing, but they had moved all of the furniture like into different places. Like, I don't. Why do that? Why <laughs> take the sofa and just move it to the other side of the room? Because you're haunted. This person rented my place. It started off as, oh, I'm in L.A. for work. And I was like, all right, it seems normal. And then when I met them, they had like a bunch of like plastic bags with their belongings in it. And it turned into, oh, I'm moving out of my place. It's been crazy. It's been hectic. And then it turned into, oh, I'm going through a breakup right now. Which all of those things, either you're there for work, you're moving, or you're going through a breakup. Those are all very haunted things. So I just tried to like give this person just, you know, free range to just be a sociopath because whenever I'm working too much or going through a breakup or moving, that's how it's going to be. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. That's but very I understanding of you. Expecting them to, like, rearrange all my furniture, leave nuggets of weed, like, just actual okay. nuggets of weed just, like, on the floor. Which also places. makes me think, like, this guy can't be that broken homeless because no. who just has the ability to leave nuggets of weed all over a house and not take it with them? Did he summon, like, the weed devil? Yeah. Like, what was happening? <laughs> I don't know. The weed demon was in and your apartment? He, well, okay, so then fast forward a couple weeks later, or not a couple weeks, like, ten days later, I'm walking home from work and I see him outside my apartment on the phone. What? And he was just using the wi-fi are you joking <laughs> no natalia this was the first person that ever stayed at my house and i he's called just outside your apartment yeah that is not normal i know i hated it oh my god that's so, so scary i it's run the gamut between you know crazy people to also just assholes i had this couple stay there that at first they were like hey um i saw that it was a discounted rate but then when i tried to book it it went away and i explained to them well because this is a new listing airbnb takes like a percentage off of the first three listings to encourage people to rent your home that has no reviews on it yeah right? yeah so when the third person did it it was no longer available and she was like oh, okay so they booked it whatever um on on the second day that they're there at around, I don't know, 10 a.m. in the morning, I get a text and it's like, hey, I don't know if this is usually a problem, but the toilet is like not working. We've tried everything and it's not working. And I'm like, oh, OK, there's a plunger right next to the toilet. So I'm assuming that like something horrible must be happening. Like it can't just be that they took a massive shit or right, whatever. Right. right. Like they would have tried to plunge it because she said they tried everything. So I call the management of my building and I'm like, hey, can you go look at the toilet today? And they're like, sure. Well, at around 4 p.m., I get a text because they have come back to the apartment. They're like, hey, the toilet's still not working. Um, can you have someone come? And I'm like, oh, no, no one's come yet. Like, oh, that's so annoying. I'll just come fix it myself. So I go over there being like, well, I don't know how I'm going to fix this because it's got to be horrible, right? Right. And literally all it was was I had to plunge the toilet. They used too much toilet paper. That was it. It took like five minutes. Oh, my God. So then I leave and I'm like, hey, like, sorry for the inconvenience, like whatever. Does sorry that- for the inconvenience that you took a giant shit and didn't want to deal with it right and then the next day after they check out i leave a review and i'm like oh yeah they were super nice they left everything clean cool whatever and before they leave a review for me because you only can it only publishes the reviews once both people have written them Uh before they leave a review for me she requests forty dollars from me she requests the same amount of money that it would have been without the discount 
Oh. And so she, she just was pissed that she didn't get the discount. Basically. And she said, oh, the toilet was broken for a portion of our stay. Now, I just started this Airbnb business and I need all I need like my place to have five stars. Right. Otherwise, it's just not even worth it to me. So I'm like, fuck, like this girl is so annoying. And I just like go look through her information to like just see how annoying she is. Right. And it was like, oh, me and my boyfriend are traveling around the world for a year. We put all of our stuff in storage and like we're so excited. And I was thinking, wow, they probably had a budget for every single day that they're supposed to use. And then she saw my place fall under that budget and was like, cool, went to book it and didn't get there in time. And then was like, oh, man, I really wanted to stay at this place, but it's out of my budget. And then requested after it finished requested that money back do you think she clogged the toilet on purpose well then that's what i started thinking and i was like do they do this at every single place they go to that honestly wouldn't surprise me because like it wasn't like the toilet was dirty or anything there was just a bunch of toilet paper in it ghosts yeah i don't know i've had all of these different kind of people stay in my place and it's actually taught me a lot about people in general because the people that you think are going to be the worst like i had four boys from portland come stay were the best really they were super super quiet they were super good they had like taken all the linens off they like you couldn't even tell they had been there oh that's so nice yeah and i was thinking wow four boys is going to be worse than like a couple or than like one single guy you know what honestly that doesn't surprise me though now that you say that because every year we go to Coachella with a group of college friends and you would think that we would leave you know those houses trashed yeah but we don't we always pick up all the trash we dump the trash we take all the bed sheets off like we scrub things ourselves yeah so that actually does make sense that the people that you would think would trash it are actually the most respectful and I think it's because we're mindful of the fact that we are the stereotype yeah. of like who is going to trash your apartment right and so we don't want that to be the reality yeah yeah so then we take extra care to make sure that everything's fine Uh, last thing i'm going to add about this story is that with the money that i've made from airbnb i have been able to buy myself a sectional which is being delivered there today Yeah. yeah so the demons they can't get me because guess what I've got a sectional now. Because uh, this is Natalia's Caucasian home. This is my Caucasian home that has working uh, toilets and and sofas. And and she's Joanne the Scammer. And there's not homeless people outside collecting free Wi-Fi. (laughs) Look, you got to (laughs) hustle. I get it. Yeah. I I get it. That man found a Wi-Fi connection and he was like, I'm not losing this opportunity. Look, I don't know anyone who hustles harder than me. I've got an Airbnb situation going on. I've got my premium (laughs) Instagram. I've got a podcast. Which actually reminds me, you guys, if you want to donate to our Area 51 fund, we are about halfway to our goal. You can Venmo us at NatStron at DogMomUSA or you can PayPal Natalia at PayPal.me slash NatStron or you can send a coffee to me, which is ko-fi.com forward slash dogmomusa. We are looking into accommodations. We are looking into driving options and we are going. We're going to go. We're going to vlog it and it's going to be epic, hopefully. Look, at the very least, it's going to be like us having a bad time, which makes for good entertainment. Yeah. It's, it's going to be great. be so hot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of driving no matter what we do. Um, speaking about work, I have a haunted story that's work related. So... For those who don't know, which you should all know by now, but maybe you're new, I work in agriculture, which means that there are a lot of farms that I might be working at at any given day. So in Southern California, there's this thing called ag urban interface that a lot of people in the Midwest don't experience. So when you're in the Midwest, maybe you work in a field and there's literally just like miles and miles of field and nothing else around you. In Southern California, 
We have like housing tracks directly next to fields. We have freeways cutting over or next to fields. Like we have schools right next to fields and it makes farming a lot harder because then you have to deal with the public. So sometimes we will also have people crash into fields. What? Like drunk drivers, people that are texting and driving, people that fall asleep while driving. Well, they're lucky. Yeah, they're lucky that they're crashing into a field, right? Like, so it's super annoying. Like, and the people, the type of people that crash into fields are normally the people that are like uninsured and so then it really sucks because there's like nothing you can do to recoup those losses so a lot of farmers will have like property insurance and then the property insurance will cover part of it but then your premium goes up and it's like a whole fucking thing so please be respectful if you're driving first of all you shouldn't be drunk driving you shouldn't be texting while driving (laughs) if you're gonna be texting drunk driving go straight okay yeah also if you're gonna be texting and drunk driving you better have the best fucking car insurance of your life because you are taking such a huge risk let me teach you guys guys joy and the scammers little advice here yeah yeah if you're drunk texting and driving put your hazards on and go to the side (laughs) of the road for a moment if you start swerving just put your blinker on because then the police will think that you meant to swerve okay anyway so sometimes like very often the police are watching your car and they're like oh they just meant to go in the elevator oh they changed their mind though because they put their blinker on (laughs) oh they put their blinker on it's fine okay so we probably have people crash into fields like honestly like probably once every other month like it's super fucking frequent and it's annoying as hell so this week this was like three days ago a lady flew off the freeway like flew this is an elevated freeway and then there's a ranch that is like a field to the right of the freeway but down on the ground she fucking flew off the freeway rolled her car a bunch of times landed on the roof of her car I thought for sure, like, this lady is dead. dead. There's no way she's alive. And I'm first aid trained, but something that they teach you in first aid training is... Don't touch the person. Like, yes, you are certified to help, but if it if it's a car accident, you do not have specialized training for spinal stabilization. That's why you have paramedics. Mm-hmm. And if you pull someone from a car, unless it's on fire, like basically don't touch them is what they teach you because um, you could actually paralyze them and then yeah. you're causing more damage than good. So we see this car. I'm like, this lady is for sure dead. We're just going to call 911 because I do not, if on the off chance she's not dead, I do not want to like pull somebody from a car and be the reason why they're paralyzed for the rest of their lives. Yeah, bad vibes. Right. And the, the, her car is not on fire like it's not a situation where it's like life or death we need to get her out so I was like no we're just gonna call 911 okay as we're on the phone with 911 she walks out of her car <laughs> she, <laughs> so from the moment you said she flew off the freeway I was like this is a witch I knew it <laughs> like she like her car is upside down I want you to picture this her car is upside down fucking beat up crushed like looks terrible she walked out of it like it was no big deal like not injured at all and so the, the police come and they're like taking their report and the police were like you know, it's a really good thing that you guys were irrigating today because the only reason why she didn't die, like why the roof didn't crush in on her oh, is because it was, it was wet. And so she skidded. Oh. If it had been dry, then it would have stopped and it just would have crushed. But because right. it was wet, the force of her like flipping, it caused her to skid Slide. and like um, make it so that I don't, I don't know. I'm not like good at science but like right. made it so that the force was like spread out right and so it didn't just crush in on her yeah so all the force didn't just stop into the ground exactly it like kept going so she caught momentum instead of just exactly getting crushed. yes yeah wow she was like 
like snowboarding yeah basically so i literally when he said that i literally got the chills because i was like see that would totally be me like if i like just fucked up and rolled my car off the highway into like some farm and i like what came to and saw a bunch of angry people looking at me i would be like fuck and like just like get out of the car and start sprinting away right well we've had there was a guy that drunk drove into a field uh, at like 3 a.m so nobody was there and uh the next day when we saw his car like you could see he had been trying to get out of the field but couldn't so there's like all these marks like of him forward and backward and forward and backward just like causing even more property damage and then and then he just abandoned his car and ran away yeah and it's like dude we have your car right like it's registered oh someone stole my car yeah that's so pretty haunted. That's Alyssa. my haunted story yeah. of the week. I don't those are those are two very different stories. <laughs> One is a person scamming and the other is a person having to deal with scammers. Basically. If you eat the foods that Alyssa's farm grows you will be cured of all demons all poltergeists all bad vibes but but you're missing the vital component of this is that they have to crash their car into your haunted soybean field yes it's not soybeans but that would be amazing what is it um i think it's hemp at that what yeah cbd really does yeah hemp farming is super interesting i've never worked on a hemp field before obviously because it wasn't legal it's marijuana right no uh-uh it's, hemp is not marijuana hemp is not marijuana so it doesn't grow out it's not a marijuana plant uh it's from the cannabis family but it has no thc so but it looks like you're growing weed yeah right? it does and so at least where i work i think it's probably the same throughout all of california but if you're going to grow marijuana it has to be inside indoors because that has you have to regulate it make sure that nobody's coming into your field at night to steal it um but if you grow hemp it can be outdoors but you have to have all these signs around that say industrial hemp hemp production and process and then it says thc with an x through it so that people know like if you fucking steal this and smoke this like nothing is going to happen to you right you're like just jokes on you messing up my life yeah it's for like lotions and soaps and like um industrial like cords and stuff like that oh, wow yeah wow yeah so if you use hemp lotions you might be, be cured yeah you might be cured and you might be supporting me yeah do it yeah do it buy all the hemp products although our hemp crop is not harvested yet so it's not helping me if you do it right now but when it is going to be harvested i will let you guys know natalia what story are you going to tell me today here's the thing (laughs) i started writing this this story a long time ago and i was like you know what last night I was like, oh, this probably needs like a little bit more touching you up. You worked on this last night after the no, bars? No, absolutely oh. not. <laughs> absolutely not. What I'm saying is I should have put more work into this. And I was like, kind of like, ooh, maybe it needs to be cleaned up just a little bit. Right. And then I was like, but you know what? I, I just, I don't want to wait. Like, I just want it. I just want to tell you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Tell, tell me your sources first. See, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, like so, Wikipedia, of course. Okay, like Wikipedia. Uh, day. Actually, I think I wrote this down. Oh wow! I really. Oh my god! I'm really growing Good up. Good job. Um, I have a list here. Dave Spink Paranormal Investigator dot com. Dave Spink. Yep. Wikipedia. And then I used YouTube, a bunch of random um, videos from some paranormal investigators that are related to Dave Spink Paranormal. All right, Alyssa. I'm gonna tell you a little story today. Have you ever heard of a town called? Eugene, Indiana. No. No. No, I've never... I was trying to think. 
no. In fact, I did a project on Indiana in... No, never mind. I did a project on <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> Go ahead. Great. Good. So you're coming in pretty fresh. Pretty fresh. No idea. Yeah. I dated someone from Indiana once. Your brain is like a sponge and you're about to learn. I'm ready. You're about to learn the Indiana. My brain is just flopping around in my head right now <laughs> because I'm so hungover. Okay. So the town of Eugene, Indiana was laid out in 1827. Okay. And the legend, according to Wikipedia, of Eugene, Indiana is that a local drunk searching for his wife would frequently call out oh jane but his inebriation caused it to sound more like eugene oh i love that and this was taken for the name of the town (laughs) the actual source of the name is not known and in 1826 a post office was established at eugene and remained in operation until 1954 which doesn't make sense to me i'm like wait they don't have a post office Eugene's population is uh, 1,984, so it's really small, but it has the most haunted house in North America. What? Yeah. Okay. And the names given to this house are most haunted house in North America. <laughs> uh, it's po- so fucking hot in here. Portal, <laughs> portal to hell and Willow's Weep. Portal to hell. So the house was built in 1890, and then the land that the house was built on had a Native American connection. Of course it does, because every haunted house we've ever talked about on this podcast always comes down to, oh, why is it haunted? Something happened with the land before something was built. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was a major battle where the house sits today, like really close to it. Um, And then there's ancient burial sites all around it. And then there's two rivers that converge into this tiny town called Cayuga that are really near the house. So it it has like a lot of energy flowing through it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then when this house was built, there was all kinds of weird stuff that happened with it and they found a really strange book buried between the old floor and the more modern floor oh. during a remodel uh that what do you think this book was about just take a wild guess the book was about um the devil pretty close it was about necromancy what's necromancy i'm so glad you asked what necromancy I've is never, is that like having sex with dead people that is necrophilia oh <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, let me let me try to deduce. So we know that necro is about dead people, right? Right. And then mancy rhymes with Nancy. So I think it's about... <laughs> what? Wait, what? You lost me on the second part there. It's like in, it's like Nancy Drew. It's like, investi- it's like finding dead people, oh. investigating dead people. Oh, my God. Okay, so the way that your intuition works is like so different than mine, and I'm fascinated. <laughs> like it still worked. You You're... still got there. You're being so sarcastic. <laughs> okay, you tell me about it. So necromancy, it evolved from shamanism, which calls upon spirits such as the ghosts of our ancestors. And classical necromancers address the dead in like a mixture of high-pitched squeaking and low droning comparable to uh, trance states, mutterings of shamans. So necromancy was all about kind of you know we have such a tradition of respect for our ancestors it's uh so we're they believed that our dead ancestors had um access to some sort of knowledge that they knew about the future because a lot of because they're already dead because well it's so we don't really know a lot about necromancy because it's such an old tradition so the only thing that we know about it comes from writing and a lot of the stuff that's written about it is like you know part of these like fantastical like homer's odyssey 
is the oldest literary account of necromancy that we have. And under and in that story, you know Homer's Odyssey, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, super long. No one wants to read the whole thing. Oh, yeah. We had to read the Iliad and the Odyssey in high school. Yeah. And it was a lot. Yeah. Like, uh, basically, there's a ship and, it, and there's a guy. And they he, go on an Odyssey. Yeah, they go on an Odyssey and there's a ship and they're sailing. And at one point, someone has a child in there. Someone gets turned into a pig. Right? I don't know. Don't bring me back to high school. Okay. Um, so <laughs> under the direction of a powerful sorceress, Odysseus travels to the underworld in order to gain insight about his impending voyage home by raising the spirits of the dead through the use of spells which this goddess has taught him. So he wishes to invoke and question the shade of Tiresias in particular. However, he is unable to summon the seer's spirit without the assistance of others. So... He basically is, like, cheating the system. He's like, you know what? I'm going to bring back a dead spirit that was actually, like, a fortune teller in real life. Oh, so, and figure out the future? And figure out the future because, oh, like, because he knows smart. everything, right? Yeah. But he couldn't bring this ba- this person back without the assistance of others. So the Odyssey's passages contain super descriptive references to necromantic rituals. Some of those rituals are that rites must be performed around a pit with fire during nocturnal hours, and Odysseus has to follow a specific recipe, which includes the blood of sacrificial animals, to concoct a libation for the ghost to drink while he recites prayers to both the ghosts and the gods of the underworld. Okay. So it's heavy in ritual. And uh, it's that's where this tradition begins. It's super heavy in ritual. These rituals could be really elaborate, involving magic circles or wands or talismans and incantations or crystals. Very similar to, you know, like some of the stuff, weird stuff that we do <laughs> here. And the necromancer might actually surround himself with like morbid aspects of death, uh, which could include gross stuff that we don't do, uh, like wearing the deceased clothing and consuming foods that symbolize lifelessness and decay, such Ooh, as like gross. unleavened balak bread and unfermented grape juice. Some of these necromancers even went so far as to take part in mutilation and consumption of course corpses. No, I don't like that. Yeah, no, I don't like it either. But let me ask you this, Alyssa. If you could see the future, if you just had a little bite of of some 200-year-old corpse. No, I don't want to know the future. Are you kidding? I don't want to know when I'm going to die. I don't want to know how I'm going to die. I don't want to know how the world's going to end. That's just going to stress me out. Once I have that information, you can never forget about it. And then your whole life is just like, shit, I know that I'm dying in three years. Like, Here's the way that I look at it. Everyone is always like, I don't want to know when I'm going to die in the future. And I'm like, look, we're all going to die. All right? Yeah, That's I don't need not- to know about it. I'm more like, I don't need to know about my future because I know what it is. I will be slaying. Yes, queen. Uh, the, basically, necromancy was all about these rituals. And there was, there's really, that's what I really want to drive home to make sense for my story is that there is a huge importance on ritual. Okay. Okay. So if you do something wrong, does it not work? Or, yeah. Okay. You do something wrong, it doesn't work. But more importantly, the more elaborate that a ritual is, is like the more powerful it becomes. And we know this from just, you know, like white magic. Like, oh, if I sit down and meditate every day and tell myself that like I am good and everything's fine, then I'm going to feel good and everything's fine. Right. Law of attraction, which we talked a little bit about last night when we were drunk because our friend Amy got a job promotion and she had been manifesting this job promotion for like two months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like manifesting it. And so the more rituals that go into something, the more powerful it has. Because it's okay. almost like you're sacrificing, you know, some of your time into this. And then that and, you know, setting up these rituals or doing these things, it's like respect. And then that gives it more power, which is why it kind of turned into like, 
oh, so if I'm sacrificing, you know, the I, my time or I'm sacrificing like some plants, like some flowers on my altar, w- how much more powerful would it be if I, you know, sacrifice some human blood? Oh, I, got it, got it. If I, you know, sacrificed a goat, things like that. So now that you say it like that, I can kind of see how white magic can very easily turn into dark magic because the temptation of, oh, well, how can I make this more powerful exactly. for myself? Yeah. Yes. But when you start harming other things in order to get what you want, that's bad vibes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So the some of these necromancers started, you know, eating corpses and they these ceremonies of them eating these corpses and talking in these like like high pitched squeaky voices and stuff. Yeah, it's creepy thinking about it, right? Uh, would carry on for hours, days, or literally even weeks. Like they would be sitting around eating dead bodies and like like times were so much simpler. Like you didn't have to work. (laughs) That's your reaction. You didn't have to work. You could just eat dead bodies and whistle. You didn't have to worry about paying your rent. Like you didn't have to do shit. All you had to do was eat dead bodies and whistle and you were fine. Well, I'm pretty sure you had to worry about it. Were they homeless? Like, I don't understand. I never, every time I ever hear one of these stories from the past, I'm like, how did these people survive? How did they pay their rent? Like, how did they pay their taxes? They're just sitting around eating dead bodies all day? Uh, yeah, they probably like died from a UTI infection that could oh, yeah. be easily prevented yeah, okay. with antibiotics. All right, you're right. Yeah, they were just dead, and then they didn't have to pay their taxes. <laughs> yeah, they did. They didn't live on long enough to like create debt and financial yeah. burden. Uh, so these ceremonies go on for a long time, and frequently they were performed in places that were like sad, like melancholy venues that were suited specifically for the necromancer like a cemetery yeah like a cemetery or they would you know draw a pentagram in the center of a mausoleum type thing or like go to a place where like there was a tragedy that had happened like you have to kind of connect with that energy so the necromancers preferred to summon the recently departed based on the premise that their revelations were spoken more clearly because their decayed bodies and their energy was still fresh so the time frame was usually limited to 12 months following the death of a physical body once this period elapsed necromancers would evoke the deceased ghostly spirit and said so there's a difference between evoking the dead body or evoking the spirit the soul of that thing so if the body hasn't completely decayed yet then the idea is that you can bring the person back to life in their body versus if the body is decayed then you can only bring back this soul or the spirit yes yes but the problem is that so it's hard to understand the spirits right like it's hard to evoke a spirit and get clear revelations out of them because we're just like literally in different worlds so the fact that a recently deceased body still has a connection to this earth it's a physical thing that's here okay gives it more power okay that makes sense to me so while some cultures considered the knowledge of the dead to be unlimited the ancient greeks and romans believed that individual shades knew only certain things so you know oh this person that died uh has knowledge about things that they knew in life so if you wanted to know the future about war you would you know call up your uh, war veteran oh okay like you would the general that was in charge of this war is going to have specific knowledge about that thing that he did in his living life yeah and there's this guy his name is Ovin, and he wrote this 
thing called metamorphosis and he basically talks about in his book that there's an underworld marketplace where the dead convene to like hang out talk about the news gossip like it's like i don't know i'm imagining like a giant like cafeteria you know and it's like all a bunch of like dead random people there and they're just like hanging out and they're like so like what do you what did you do over there in spain and then there's like this guy without a head and he's like well got my head chopped off but like before that i I was a farmer and they're like oh cool tell me about that because i'm so fucking bored down here like right, there's, there's nothing. nothing to do yeah there's nothing to do so they're just exchanging all this information so they like have uh this guy ovid believed that they had more knowledge than the living because they have access to you know this is before the internet if you wanted to get lots of information you had to die and go to the underworld and talk to other people that are from different parts of the world and then you got all that knowledge right so it's basically like when you die you get the internet when you die you get the internet but Um, it's an in-person internet instead of like askjeeves.com you just ask jeeves who got his head chopped off in spain and was a farmer (laughs) yeah yeah okay perfect now you're talking so there are also um different names for necromancers the coolest one that i think is called bone conjurers Ooh, a bone conjurer that sounds sexual Mm -hmm. and that comes from (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's amazing the bone conjurer that's what i'm gonna i need to i need to call somebody that i need to that's gonna be somebody's nickname i'm just picturing someone coming up and like knocking on a rock and being like hey uh so I, I saw your name in this like bug. It says you're a bone conjurer. Like, uh, I've been having some trouble lately. My husband has erectile dysfunction yeah. and Viagra hasn't been invented yet because this is ancient Roman times. Mm-hmm. Do you think you could conjure some bones for me? And he's like, sure. Let me just call upon these a bunch of dead people who fucked a lot to yeah, give yeah. you their energy. <laughs> love it. Love it. So uh, the book of Deuteronomy in the Bible says that it warns the Israelites against engaging in the Canaanite practice of divination from the dead. It says in the Bible, though Mosaic law prescribed the death penalty to practitioners of necromancy from Leviticus 20, 27, the warning was not always heeded. One of the foremost examples is when King Saul had the witch of Endor invoke the spirit of Samuel, who was a judge and a prophet from Sheol and used a, like a ritual conjuring pit. However, when they tried to... So this witch is like, oh, I'm going to bring this spirit back from the dead. And then when the spirit comes back from the dead, the witch is like, oh, shit, and gets scared. Because <laughs> she like wasn't expecting that to happen. Was she, like, uh, she didn't realize how powerful she was. Yeah, like she's like just going through the motions, I guess. Right. She's like, oh, yeah, like give me, you know, 30 gold coins and I'll, and I'll, I'll do see this. what I can do. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, Saul, are you there? And then like a fucking giant ghost shows up <laughs> and she's like, ah. And so in the Bible, in Sam 28, 12, it says, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out in a loud voice. Samuel questioned his reawakening, asking, why hast thou disquieted me? Saul did not receive the death penalty, but he did receive it from God himself afterwards, as prophesied by Samuel during that conjuration. Within a day, he died in battle along with his son, Jonathan. Oh, whoa. So basically, this witch is like, oh, yeah, I'll bring this dude back. And the whole point of bringing Samuel back was that Saul wanted information about the military. Like, oh, oh like the okay. future. Like, how can I win this battle? And he was like, oh, you're going to die in this war tomorrow. But he still went to war. But he still went to war. And then he died in lo- along with his son, Jonathan. 
But it's interesting because basically what they're saying here is that the Bible warns against it. Like it was a law. Right. If you, you know, if you use these necromancers, like you're dealing with dark magic, like you will, like you'll be punished. But does that mean that God deals in dark magic because he brought Jesus back to life? Isn't that necromancy? Are you canceling God right now? No, I am not. I am not <laughs> canceling God. Everything is chill. I don't care if he practices necromancy. It was just a question. Well, no, because I guess yeah no he told i was gonna say because he i guess he never was dead but that's the whole thing is that he was dead right and then he came like, back he was to certainly life. dead i feel like now i shouldn't have brought that up just go ahead <laughs> now i feel like i'm gonna be smited go ahead so some christian writers later reject the idea that humans could even bring back the spirits of the dead and they interpreted these shades uh as like disguised demons who were using necromancy uh or to summon demons so it's like oh they're actually not getting this information from deceased souls they're getting information from demons the people that they are summoning right now are demons with like this power okay um and then there's uh, there was other writers that christian writers that say like oh you know they're not summoning demon or they are summoning demons but you don't have to worry about it you don't have to put stock into it um there's no you don't have to worry about any demons or gods other than the christian god because even if the working spells appear to provide the benefit the demons only act with divine permission so they're only permitted by god to text christian people so it's basically like oh yeah demons are real but god created them so mm, it's fine yeah god allows them to exist so they can't be that bad Right. And then that guy that said that was like, so I'm not going to condemn man for like doing necromancy. I'm just going to merely state that it exists like it's there. Okay. And it's probably prohibited. But also there's, you know, it's a gray area. That's basically what necromancy is. Do you get it? Yeah. So necromancy is bringing back, bringing dead people back to life. To 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 gain something. Knowledge. Okay. To gain knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. And super heavy super 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 heavy emphasis on the ritual that's so it has nothing to do with sex bone conjuring has nothing to do with sex (laughs) it could nothing to do with necrophilia it could be sex if you want if you want knowledge about sex right then you might have an orgy or if there's a certain person you're summoning that was like a sex freak you might have an orgy so that they would like be excited to come and bone conjure (laughs) so back to the willows weep the most haunted town in north america oh yeah i forgot that that's what we were talking about so yeah because there was a book that was found right, in between okay. the old house's foundations and the new house's foundations and do you want to take a guess of what that book was called bone conjuring 101 oh it's called is there a real spirit world is this a, what the book looked like yeah so i'm showing i'm showing Alyssa right now an actual photo from david spinks that he took of the book that they found it says is there a real spirit world like super cheesy like yeah for, this for dummies. Like, a, like a graphic novel right and it has a pentagram on fire with it and then it's and then it's like to me this is like summoning demons for dummies yeah right <laughs> So they found that in the, and let me, t- they found that in between the old house and the new house. I do want to say though, that looking at that book made me very uncomfortable. Like I feel bad vibes. Yeah. So I deleted all of those photos off of my hard drive. Good. They're, we don't, you don't yeah, need that in your life. They're only, oh, oh girl, bitch. Trust me. <laughs> the amount of fucked up stuff that I was looking at, like old, like leather bound books with, you know, strange languages that I don't understand and symbols on it. Like my eyes have seen things that I'm not supposed to see. That's for like, sure. that's like when we did, um, Haunted Ohio University and I showed you that picture of the outline of yes. the woman. And I was like, I, I had to delete all that stuff off of my computer. It made me so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's sacred geometry I and it's it. real. Triangles are haunted. <laughs> 
So other things that are haunted about this house is that the former owner declared that the house was super dangerous and that she thinks it tried to kill her. So she literally won't step back into this house. And she feared for her life. So she moved super far away from the house. And then she sold it to the current owner, Dave Spinks, who's like literally just a dude that likes hauntings. Like, oh, he that's just goes, what he knew it was. Yeah. Dave's, bad vibes. And Dave he... Spinks, paranormal investigator. <laughs> he goes around this country buying like the most cursed properties. Dave Spinks. Come on our show. Yeah. So there's been tons of paranormal investigators who claim to have been attacked in the house and have like used EVP meters and uh, like cameras and stuff. And obviously, as we know, with hauntings, it all gets fucked up. Like technology is always messed up. And there's poltergeist activity that's been caught on camera, shadow figures, disembodied voices, hauntings, super hauntings. And many other people who have been in this house have been reportedly attacked by unseen forces and the new owner is currently conducting a year-long investigation with hand-picked investigators in order to try to figure out what is lurking in the house that is known as willow's weep so do you don't you don't you want to know about this house of course i want to know about this house all right let me tell you about this house the last people who lived there were this married couple who both committed suicide the husband was superstitious and he refused to go into the back part of the house because that's where his wife had killed herself so he just like li- only lived in the front half of the house and never went back there and it has uh that back part of the house is an upside down cross because this whole house is built as an upside down cross why why what architect thought that was a good idea eugene indiana architect well eugene indiana is haunted because you said that it was on an indian burial ground right Right. and then also it was founded because some drunk guy missed his wife right Mm -hmm. okay and yeah so it's already already got a lot of already already got a lot of bad vibes yeah Yeah. two rivers meeting when does that happen never So his wife OD'd and then the husband continued to live in that house, which honestly, like, why? Like, you... Right. Yeah, horrible. And it was actually... It was, like, literally like that movie Ghost. He could still communicate with her ghost he saw her ghost on several occasions and he started to believe you know what like he missed her so much it's it's sad he missed her so much that he committed suicide so that he thought maybe his spirit could be with with her her. in the afterlife and he was found dead in a chair which he fell into after he shot himself a week later so his body had decayed in this chair for an entire week before he was found and that fucking chair is still there in the house why that yes with all of his stuff and all of her stuff. All I, of why? Like their hats, their shoes. They never cleaned it out. And his suspenders were still in the closet. And the chair that the body decayed in for a week. Here's a picture of it. Do you have a picture of the chair? Oh, I have a picture of all this stuff. Here's the chair. Oh. You see there's like blood stains all yes. over it. There's blood stains and trash and like someone took the cushion away, I'm sure, because it was just totally Here's decayed. a picture of the home. It's like an upside down yeah, cross. It's an upside down cross. Right? And here's some other pictures of it. Oh no. So it the thing so about haunted. the thing about an upside down cross is that or any cross is that you can connect all of the corners on the inside to draw a pentagram. Oh. So the center of a cross that's what the pentagram is. I don't like that. Yeah, it's a center of a cross. And here's another photo of the home. Nope. Mm haunted. There yep. Wait, does this is this house still standing? Oh, this house is still there. And it's owned by the same guy? Uh, David Spinks, yeah. David Spinks, what? How does David Spinks have money to buy all these haunted houses? Go like ghosts. Like, <laughs> he necromanced a banker. That's and- what that's what I'm saying. 
right? Why keep all this stuff in the house unless you need a connection to these? Like, is not what paranormal investigators are doing kind of necromancy? Like, they go into places. Valid point. Yeah, they go into places and they're like, hey, is anyone here with us? And like, oh, we like did all this stuff. Yeah. Or even like people who play with Ouija boards, like we talked about last episode, you're kind of necromancing. And maybe that's why you're not supposed to talk to, like, you know, we learned about all the Ouija board rules last episode. Maybe that's why you're not supposed to do certain things because necromancy is bad and you're basically necromancing somebody if you ask them how they are where are they like you're strengthening their bond to the physical world aka you're necromancing yeah it's it's creepy as fuck and also just about this this let's just talk about this it's like a the fact that you know his wife od'd and then he lived in that house for six years and then killed himself so that he could be with her it's like a fucking weird romeo and juliet right right wait do we know why she killed herself is just because the house is so haunted that it like drove her to it well or did she leave a note so they say that willow's weep is it's not only haunted it's cursed that the land is cursed because of the native american burial ground that's there and those two rivers that meet i don't know (laughs) i don't know why the native american burial ground and the two rivers that meet are like makes it haunted make it haunted but like let me tell you guys based off of the story that I research, if you ever see two rivers going towards each other, it's back bad. the fuck off. <laughs> Do not continue walking that direction. Do not fish on that river. <laughs> so the reason that they think it's cursed is that specifically there's a tree there, this willow tree. And they believe that this willow tree is cursed. Because anytime someone tries to cut the tree down or bother it in any kind of way, something happens to that person. And at first people didn't really like they didn't understand this, right? They were just like, oh, there's a tree. It's willow's weep, whatever. But then after more and more of these incidents happened, they started noticing like someone tried to cut the cut the tree down and then their like car would crash or like something bad would happen to them, right? Yeah. So a medium was brought in to this fucked up willow's weep house. And she said that the people who built the house built it in a pentagram shape to conjure the evil that lived on the land already. Oh. Like, so the original people that built this, they knew what the fuck they were doing. Okay. Like, they sought out this area that's haunted, probably, because like you said, we got this drunk guy, like, he can't find his wife. You know, they get their post mm-hmm. office taken away from them. Like, it's a cursed land. So they found that and they're like, oh, we're fucked up. A cursed people. Let's go find our cursed land and start our cursed family. So that's what they did. And she said that a portal was opened, which there was already, like, fucked up stuff happening in the land, you know. And now they build this house there and opened a portal to... Well, not only did they build a house, they built a house in an upside down cross so that it would be a pentagram. Yeah. And the portal opened, which brought a spirit that was stronger than any spirit that was in the home. It brought it out and it manifested inside the home. So that medium said that that's Ooh. what causes these suicides. And not only has that couple been there where the that double suicide was there was also two other suicides that happened there that they don't go into detail about because i think they're protecting the identities of the people who died yeah but um i mean just that one story the fucked up romeo and juliet story is like already cursed cursed, right so here's a here's a, a video of these people walking around this house by the unexplained where he takes out an EVP meter and takes out these temperature. And the temperature literally drops by 10 degrees when you put it on top of that chair. So, like, how do you explain that? Cayuga, Indiana. February 16th, 2019. Paranormal investigator Dave Spinks and his associate Haley Sharp have traveled here to this small town to investigate a house that many consider to be the most evil place in North America. 
Referred to as Willow's Weep, it has been the site of a series of gruesome deaths since it was built in the 19th century. Brenda Johnson owns Willow's Weep. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Dave. She dismissed the rumors about it being an evil place and purchased it only a few years ago with plans to renovate it. This is my assistant, Hi. Haley. It's nice to meet you. But recent events have convinced her that she may have made a terrible mistake. To this end, she's invited Dave and Haley to come and investigate the house and see if her strange experiences can be verified. So, how are you doing? <laughs> Not good standing here. <laughs> All night last night, I was sick thinking about coming over here around this house. So tell us a little bit about the house, some of your experiences here. Well, when I bought the house, we started working on it. And then my son was working on the ceiling. The boards come flying off at him and hurt him. And I've been scratched in there, six claw marks down my back, doors slamming on you, banging underneath the floors. I understand there's been deaths in this house. Can you kind of go through those a little bit? Yeah. The man that built the house, he died in the bathtub. There was two suicides and then another hanging. And I heard that three men had been poisoned about six months prior before I bought it. There was a man that he committed suicide in there. He fell into the chair. And that's where they found him? Uh, they found him, what, a couple days later, right? A week. A week? A week later, OK. Do you think what's in that house is evil? Yes, I do. Without yes, a doubt? Yes, I do, without a doubt. If it wasn't evil, it wouldn't be hurting people. I don't think there's nothing good in there. The house was built in the late 1800s, correct? 1890, yes. So regarding the shape of the house, it's in the shape of a, a cross. Upside down cross. Strange. Yes, very strange. Do you think the guy was into some weird stuff, like occult stuff that built it? Why would you build a house like that if you wasn't into something? Absolutely. So we're getting ready to go into this house and investigate it. Would you like to join us? No, no way. Never go back in there again, ever. All right, we're going to get in there and investigate. All right. Here we go. All right. Pretty heavy in here. Definitely. Well, where do you want to get set up? Right here. OK. To see if the house might contain strange anomalies, Dave and Haley will use a temperature sensor, which can detect fluctuations in both temperature and electromagnetic fields. All right, 41, 40 degrees, and it's going down. It really likes this area. Yeah. It's going nuts. The temperature sensor has been dropping steadily by as much as nine degrees. But why? So this room is appearing to be pretty active so far. I mean, the whole house really is. But we've got a lot of hits right here uh, on this device. This is the chair that Brenda was talking about. Yeah, look at the blood on it. It's a really sad, heavy feeling right here, too. I was pit in my stomach. Almost immediately, the device started going off in the chair where the man who killed himself in the house several years ago was found in. Something there. But I'm getting the sickness, the headache. Definitely something negative in here, in my opinion. I agree. All right, so let's get out of here. Let's go. All right. Haunted. Yeah, so, I mean, I just have so many, so many questions. Like, like my first thought of that place is why the fuck not burn that shit? 
you know? Right. But then I started looking into necromancy stuff because of I saw that that book was there and they were talking about, oh, they thought people had actually made this house to conjure up whatever powerful entity that lives in that tree is there. And so I was like, oh, so that's why they're keeping all of these things that have a connection to the deceased because oh. that, how, like, how the ancient necromancers would like eat the corpses or wear the clothes like those things help to have a, a piece of that energy of that person that was back here on earth and help to like tie our worlds together so if you have the chair that the guy committed suicide in that's all bloody and you keep it then you literally have a piece of that person in your house and it's easier to necromance them yes exactly so uh, as we just heard those two mediums say that's what they think it was um look at this so one day she's see that what burn is that? Mark. It's a burn mark? It's a burn mark into the wood that happened while the um, woman lived there. And it the used, homeowner we just saw? Yes. It used to be a cross that was there. Oh. And it, doesn't that look like a devil? <gasps> That's the wall? Yeah. Okay, guys. This is what I'm looking at. We'll post this to the Instagram. Um, But there... So Natalia is explaining that there was a cross on this wooden wall and the cross burned a mark and it's it is sort of cross-shaped a cross-shaped um burn mark into the wall to me it looks like a devil like it looks like a horse's head or like a goat's head with totally go to the instagram guys and tell us what you think of this burn mark um also they see this photo of one of the first homeowners this yeah and then some of the pictures that they picked up in the evp meters there's like a figure here like a ghostly that actually looks a lot like her it looks exactly like her and that's like i can make that out that's definitely a face absolutely yeah i thought you were showing me a picture of a mirror at first no so that um i'm showing Alyssa right now some photos stills that uh paranormal investigators have taken photos of in the house in the house yeah and there's clearly a spirit's face which is fucking fucked up yes so yeah so why not burn the house down why why not get all right. of this stuff necromancy like i was saying in the beginning so i was reading some comments about this place because i i like stuff on on um the internet is you know someone will post a, a story about this and so the people comment on it and i was reading one of the comments and someone said i actually live in the town where the willows weep house is i don't go near it and i suggest you not go to it neat either Someone pulled a branch off of the willow tree, and soon after that, they died in a car crash. Whoa. This house is seriously haunted. Damn. So here's another video by ParanormalWarehouse.com. <laughs> it's a paranormal warehouse, guys. Yeah, come in here, order one of every ghost. <laughs> uh, and this video is called Behind the Shadows, Willow's Weep. Tonight on Behind the Shadows, we travel to Eugene, Indiana, to investigate the paranormal claims that are believed to be directly related to the dark and tragic history surrounding this small home, appropriately named Willow's Weep. After experiencing severe thunderstorms immediately upon our arrival, we had taken shelter in the shed as lightning filled the skies above us. Shortly after the storm, we were met by paranormal investigator Amy Jo to share her experiences and shed more light on this home and its unfortunate history. So now you're 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 kind of like pulled me over to the chair when we walked in here. Um, I can see there's some sort of looks like blood stains on the chair. Um, what's going on here? What's they say that um, a man killed himself, shot himself in this chair. We get the feeling that it was murder, but he did die in his chair. Well, yeah, no, not actually. He shot himself in the in the chair. It's supposedly. Crawled over into the corner. But this blood is his blood. Yes. 
Now, you said this is your first experience that you had with here. here in this in this room? Yes. Okay, what's going on? There's seven of us in the room, and we were kind of playing around. I was a new investigator. And um, I put on this hat, and I was like, can you let us know you're here? You know, give us a sign. And in front of the five people that were in the room with me, the hat goes flying off my head like a frisbee. Not like, almost like it was pulled and then, you know, just and I'm like, and I had all these video cameras. They had, none of them had the video cameras. When you were sitting in the chair? I was just standing here. Where did the hat go? Can you show that me way? the track? It went, into, it went that into way. the room yes. where his wife had died. About two minutes went by, and the loudest bang that you can imagine came from, like, right in the middle of the floor. It lifted one of the guys up. He had a bad back, and he actually couldn't walk after everybody was convinced. There was something under there okay. that made us go in. Sorry, this, this is, yeah, this is hard for me. Now, hold on a minute. She goes, they go, he goes, can you tell us, like, any experiences you've had with this? And she goes, yeah, we're in this room, um, necromancing, playing, playing around. Yeah, she goes, we're in this room, um, playing around, and then I put this hat on, and I asked, if you're here, can you give me a sign? And the hat goes flying off. I'm like, bitch, you weren't playing around. You you're weren't playing around. You knew what you were doing. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. And look, she's doing this interview with this hood on her face. Like, she doesn't want to be seen right. all the way. I don't know. I feel like all these people in Eugene, Indiana are, are fucking necromancers and creepy. Also, this is a completely different homeowner. Like, this house is being passed around to all these different homeowners that are all doing weird shit inside the house, which yeah. is furthering, like, the bad vibes and bad energy there. Again, going back to episode five, the Setagaya family murder, mm-hmm. um, you had said, which I keep repeating, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is this place haunted because something bad happened here and it's causing people to kill themselves? Or are these places haunted because like people that are already you know having bad feelings and suicidal thoughts go there and then kill themselves like does is the house making people kill themselves or are people just going there because they're already depressed and then I killing mean, themselves? either way it's the same outcome You've right got, yeah yes. but i also wonder does this house attract these people to it like True. does this demon seek out these vulnerable people who have an interest in the cult and the cult because they say if you have an interest in the occult that is like those demons and stuff being like oh you're interested in something right. like let me get you in my tendrils and show <sighs> you something that you will think is interesting oh my god so here's where they have a conversation with the ghost they're all sitting down in the dark are they using a spirit box to communicate with it yeah they're using a box they're using a box that um, has like an electrical control on it so that it, c- it can actually say words. So the spirits can or electrical impulses can pick out um, words to say. Okay. Yeah. It's just said moment. Like, wait a moment, maybe. Was it in the moment? Human. Now it said human. human. Come out of the closet. Come on. Now it just said self. And there's some scratching. Come on. Come on. This lady is too aggressive. You got our attention. Look, he doesn't want to do ghost stuff, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Look, he had a really terrible time when he was alive. Now he's trapped in this pentagram house. Like, don't be mean to him. Oh, now it just said loving. Are you here with us? So it said... Now it said down. Moment. Human. Self. Human. Self. Loving. Loving. Down. Down. What is your name? I think it's hitting on them. <laughs> down. <laughs> it wants to love them down. 
Baby, let me love you. This ghost is into Usher. Yeah, this ghost is into Sublime. Caress me down. (laughs) Enough. Yeah, it wants them to stop. Now, you might think like, oh, that's stupid. Like, it can say whatever words it wants or whatever. But I will tell you guys, one time Alyssa and I went and stayed in a haunted hotel. And there were people who had one of those boxes and it was next to us. And all it said was like, cat, dog. Yeah, like, I was saying dumb stuff. Yeah, like, it wasn't saying anything. That was like almost like all those words were heavy words that had a lot of meaning to them. Right. Like uh, moment. They said, oh, like tell us about when you killed yourself. And it says moment. And then they go, oh, was it in the moment? And then it goes human. Yeah, like it was just a human emotion, a human error. Like in, in the moment I did this thing. Right. And then it said self. So I think it's like. Suicide. Yeah. Self-harm. Soof. Like it was maybe it's me. Like it was self. Yeah. And then what did it say next? Um. Then it said loving, loving, loving. Oh, and it and he killed himself because his wife was already <gasps> dead, and he wanted to be with her. Like he loved her, and that's why he killed himself. Oh my god, loving. And then it said down, down. And then it maybe said, it means like enough. look down, look at the pentagram on the ground. I think it. Yeah, I think it meant like down enough, like, <sighs> or like, like um. I'm in the underworld or like look down like I'm beneath you or like my blood is on the ground or I don't know. It could mean anything. Or maybe it's trying to say. I have the chills. Yeah. Maybe it's trying to say, hey, don't upset this. This demon. This demon. Yeah. Because that's what the psychic or that's what the medium was saying was, hey, there's this house built here and either by accident or on purpose, something was brought through this portal that has manifested in this house that is stronger than any of the other spirits here that is absolutely evil i have the chills and not just because i'm hungover like i have the chills too because your eyes are always scare me my eyes are scary (laughs) i can't help it they open too big they're large and not in a cute way (laughs) (laughs) so i i mean this house what do you think what do you think about the story so far about necromancy like like the connections that i was drawing after researching this was oh this is literally what all occult stuff is, right? Like we're right. talking to the other side. And if in ancient times, quote unquote, the other side was our ancestors, these spirits, that's what the tradition was like, oh, we're not calling up demons. We're not calling up ghosts. These are our ancestors who have knowledge who can help us because there are other people who have lived lives that we have. And that's how like, oh, I want to be a good writer. Let me call upon like an amazing writer. Right. Like, I call upon Shakespeare or something. Yeah, exactly. It was like that. It wasn't like, oh, I want to see what Google talk is going to be like baphomet like come help me out right and so even uh, even to me these people going around and doing these paranormal investigations they're like oh this house was totally built for necromancy and i'm like okay but what are you doing right now in the dark like putting on these hats like yes like tell us about how you killed yourself like come forward like is this not yeah they're no better than i mean it's but are they doing this because the pull and temptation of doing necromancy, which is the reason why this house was built supposedly, like is too much for them to withstand. So they go there with the intention of investigating, but then they get sucked into the same cycle that everyone else that's been in the house gets sucked into of calling upon demons essentially or bad vibes or spirits. Yeah. And also here's the thing. If I die, do not bring my soul back. Like what the fuck? Like it's so disrespectful. Now that I'm now that we've started this podcast and I'm learning more about stuff, like I'm never gonna play with a Ouija board ever again. It just seems so disrespectful to for my entertainment, I want you to relive the worst suffering that you ever 
experience to the point where you killed yourself you right know what I mean? it's like these are people who had entire lives hopes yes. and dreams families you know they come from a place and now all we're doing is being like tell us about how you killed yourself exactly like tell us about this one moment in your life that was different than any of the other moments in your life that right. has nothing to do with your life and it's the lowest point of your life right your life is so much more than how you died Right. And but here I am talking about, yeah, the worst thing that you ever experienced. And I want you to keep reliving it, even though you're already dead. Like I'm bringing you back just to relive the worst moment of your life. And that that bad vibe, that selfishness is what I think makes it black magic. Yes, right? Because yeah. you're harming something. What do you think they need to do with this house? Demolish this it. Land? I absolutely think that they need to demolish it. So do you think that the only reason this house is still standing is for harmful purposes obviously yes, totally. the guy bought it to to go fuck with ghosts well and also i we talked about this a little bit last two episodes ago the one uh bl- the black forest episode like where we i was saying why do you keep this 100 year old antique mirror that is a portal to the other side mm-hmm. like the only reason why you would keep that is if you a don't believe in it which is not the case with that family yeah or b something like you want that you want that portal there like you want to fuck with the other side like you want to be involved with this portal and with these demons and with these spirits and this bad energy like that's the only reason to keep it similarly to this house why would you keep a chair that has blood stains on it where someone committed suicide why would you keep that man's suspenders hanging up behind the chair why would you keep his hat and put it on the chair like they've essentially set up a shrine that is not a positive shrine. Like right, they're it's a shrine to someone's lowest, darkest, yes, absolutely. Point in their and they're life. taking delight in it. Like that yeah. lady, that homeowner, one of the homeowners that they interviewed was like, "Oh, I put on his hat, and then I looked at his bloody chair, and I was like, hey, are you here with us?'" And then he sent my friend flying up into the sky, and he hurt his back, and he couldn't walk the next day. Like, yeah, dude. Like, what do you think you're doing? He's like, bro, I'm just trying to chill with my girl. Like, yeah, we're just like laying low tonight, and like you keep bringing up. This time that was, that was really horrible. hard. It was yeah. horrible. Like, think about, at, you know, trigger warning. Skip through this if you don't want to feel sad. But why, like, imagine the worst moment that you've ever had in your life. I can think of it very clearly. Why would you ever want someone to talk to you about that every day? Like, these paranormal investigators that go into the house, all they're interested in is how did you die? What what was that like? Did you... The, the one paranormal investigator was like, did you feel alone? Like, yes, he felt alone. He committed suicide because he missed his wife so much. Yeah. Like, I think about the worst moment in your life. Would you want to relive that every day? No. No, and I wouldn't wish... I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I don't understand. Unless there's something I'm not understanding about... If I'm totally wrong, maybe necromancy isn't bad and I'm just like not understanding because I'm not seeing it from a different perspective, but I can see no positive to be gained from this. It's not like, you know, like you said back in the day, it was let's call upon our ancestors to learn about the future or to better ourselves or to gain some perspective so that we can, you know, make our lives more beneficial or society more beneficial. Yeah, like these people clearly did not have it figured out. They don't have any information to offer us. Well, it kind of brings a little bit of redemption back to our friend who channeled that female ghost and and very lovingly was uh, those the sister was like you need to go into the love and the light i mean yeah i guess if we're those people first of all those people were scammers so <laughs> but i guess as far as like paranormal shit goes they were at least trying to do something positive are you ready to have your your brain triggered and rocked right now yeah 
So you're saying that these people who go in and like stir up these sleeping giants just because they're fucked up and like malevolent and just want to fuck shit up. Does that not remind you of two people last night who came into Steven's room at 345 in the moment <laughs> just to be create chaos and started jumping on him? No, because and being we like, did Steven, that. Of- you're at rock bottom. Look, we did not. Bed. We did not tell him he was at rock bottom. Steve, your vape isn't even it doesn't even have juice. We in it. What kind of horrible person? No, are you? do not make this into something worse than what we re- we did. Bad thing. We both him up and we fucked with him but we didn't we didn't shit on him right but we didn't like call his spirit out from, yeah from, from the grave exactly beyond the grave and be yeah yeah I'm just, you're right well we we had bad vibes last night because we were drunk alcohol only leads to bad vibes that's temptation yeah it's it's, it's a vice it's a vice it's a vice gluttony and whatever if you take any pleasure in anything in life you are a fucking demon Correct. We're all demons. Oh. Well, but that's the point of this podcast is that we're all a little bit cursed, but we're all trying to work it out. Like, we're not just trying to fuck with people just to fuck with people. Like, but that's what I'm saying is we fucked with people just to fuck with people. But it's because we love him and we wanted him to be involved in our fucked upness. Right. So do you think these people love the dead? I guess we'd have to talk to them. I like, you know, I don't want to slander these people. Like I said, maybe there's something that I'm not understanding because I don't understand the purpose of you know conjuring people up from the dead maybe there is some good reason that i just don't get and maybe they could explain themselves Mm -hmm. if we were to ask um but just watching those clips i did not like how aggressive that woman was being and then i didn't like how flippant the homeowner was being about it the second the second video we watched the first video we watched with the homeowner that was like i'm not fucking going in there i felt like at least she was like no i do not want to fuck with fuck with this the house is pure evil right yeah right but also, we don't know if we can trust her. The only thing I can think of that maybe might make those paranormal investigators be be somewhat positive is maybe they were trying to be a therapist for the ghost and be like, let's talk through this terrible thing that happened to you. Like, maybe they're not trying to fuck with him. They're just trying to talk him through what happened. Oh, like the worst therapy session you've ever had. It's Come like, out of the closet. Yeah, it's like sit down and it's like make noise make noise (laughs) right imagine if you were in therapy and your therapist is like fucking make noise if you're here and i'm like what i'm 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 here and then the therapist the therapist is like i'm gonna put a light bulb in front of you make it turn on (gasps) make it turn on and you're like how is this helping me right yeah how is this like how am i getting any benefit out of this and they're like oh Oh, you want to scratch on the walls? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to scratch on the walls. I want you to leave me alone and help me through my problem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think of this story? Me? Yeah. I mean, I was I was so much more interested in this ancient necromancy. Right. Like, I think it's so... I myself put a very heavy value on ritual. I am a Pilates instructor and I work with a lot of people who are stressed. They have corporate jobs. They're sitting all day and they their ritual is basically, oh, I get up, I brush my teeth, I put on my clothes, I go to work I, and then I, I'm like, go to, bed. go to bed. Yeah. And I'm all about, hey, you know, if you really want to manifest more health and more abundance and just feeling better in your life, then when you come into Pilates, like, don't show up five minutes late. Re- respect yourself. Like, treat it like this is your sacred space. Like, I'm going to spend 45 minutes with Nat. I'm going to show up. I'm going to have the correct clothes on. I'm going to fold my things neatly and put them away. I, like, the more ritual that you can put into your life, 
the less stress you have because your brain literally relaxes and is like, oh, you're tying the shoe like you have always done. So I can go into autopilot and chill right now. Right. Rather than that's why it's so stressful when we're doing things like, oh, I'm moving or I just started, you know, I have to travel and go to this new place or like you're out of your comfort zone. Your body goes into this fight or flight mode. You have all this cortisol rushing through your system and it's like. The more rituals, so that's me talking to the skeptics. Even if you believe like, oh, if I draw a pentagram on the ground and say like a spell that possibly can't have any effect on anything, well, you're wrong because there's parts of your brain that light up when you're doing repeated activity that don't happen otherwise. Right. And that's what all of these rituals were about. They were putting themselves into this quote, translate state. That's what it is. This is, this has been a positive message brought to you by Let's Get Haunted. All right, BRB, gotta go. Not necromance. <laughs> BRB, gotta go. Uh, necromance, uh, the greatest podcaster who ever lived, which is who? Well, it would be us after we die. Oh, yeah. Gotta go necromance myself, BRB. Bye. Bye. Bye.